Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome everybody to the spotlight and shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro as always and shout out to Gisbert. His dick is bigger when we're on this wide shot. Like yeah, I got way I got way more space here. So thank you, thank you, Emil. Thank you very much, and Gisberto as well. Thank you very much. Yes, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. I'm Jeremy Levert. That is Stephen Jensen. It is Thursday, April 27th. Jensen, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Doing great. Looking forward to kicking this day off wearing my Vikings jersey, although. My man, Adam Thielen, is no longer on the team, unfortunately. But uh, NFL draft is tonight. And also, I'll be I'll, right after this show, I'm going to switch into my Hawks jersey from the work day, get ready for the Hawks playoff game and all that stuff. So uh, a lot of stuff going on in the world of uh, tra- traditional sports today. But I'm looking forward to talking some pro wrestling with you, Jeremy. How are you doing? Well, Adam Thielen's on my Panthers, who have the is. number one pick tonight. So let's yeah. be, I mean, I assume it's Bryce Young. By, by all accounts, it's Bryce Young. So... We shall see in about uh, 10 hours from now. Yes, 11 like hours, that. give or take. Yeah. So, good luck to, to Bryce Young joining the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd imagine that was a big reason Adam Thielen went there, though, is, you know, he has faith that they're going to pick a, a good, you know, franchise quarterback out of the draft. And 
I mean, he got paid, obviously, and he gets to, he gets a chance to prove who he thinks he still is, which, you know, he's probably my favorite player of all time. I love Adam Thielen. I wish he wouldn't have left the Vikings, <clears throat> but I understand the reasoning between himself and the team. I understand why he wanted – he basically wants to make more money and also be the number one receiver somewhere, and that's just not going to happen with Justin Jefferson on the team um, with the Vikings, you know, and um, this is what it is. You know, he just doesn't get the ball as often as he wanted to with Minnesota. So he's going to have some good opportunities in Carolina. And even if, even if the team isn't successful for whatever reason, he's still going to get paid a lot of money. So um, I think it's a win-win for Thielen. It was a win-win for, for Minnesota. I wish he would have stayed, like I said, but you know, we got Justin Jefferson and then we have, you know, KJ Osborne and TJ Hawkinson. And we got a, a you know, I, th- I think we're going to trade Dalvin cook tonight. I got a, I got a pretty good feeling that we're going to trade him tonight. Um, wow. Anyway, there's a, there's a whole, that's, that's a whole other topic for other stuff. I know we got to talk about wrestling, but um but yeah looking forward to the draft tonight for sure we don't have to talk about wrestling it's our show we kind of just do whatever yeah, we want the other spotlight <laughs> justin jefferson <laughs> yeah um all right we, we will get into some wrestling i do want to say this first off there there was a lot of like wwe's getting sued uh vince McMahon's getting sued for racial discrimination and wrongful termination uh, a big topic yesterday on social media, the, the pitches that were in that lawsuit, in, including Mansoor doing 9-11, uh, which he was like seven years old when that happened. So what are we what are we doing here? Uh, Shane Thorne hunting Reggie, Bianca Belair using uh, certain terminology and language in promos. Wait, uh, on, I missed the second one. I didn't see there was one about Shane Thorne hunting Reggie. Yeah, he was gonna do like that? an Australian like- he was gonna be like an Australian like bounty hunter. It was essentially he he did this gimmick. It it appeared on like live events and main event, and then he got released. Uh, but the the overall mm. pitch was like he was going to hunt Reggie, and Reggie would like find ways to escape and things this, like that. This was like after the retribution thing. That yeah, was like gonna be his repackage. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I just I hadn't seen that one. I'd seen the others you had mentioned so far. Can, please continue. Yeah, these are uh, these are very interesting. <laughs> Uh, there was part of the Mansoor thing was like a love triangle with him, Garza, and, and Aaliyah, uh, where his big secret was yes, that he did 9 11. He was behind 9 11. Yeah, right. Which, yes. That's um, wild. Especially considering like the company's relationship with Saudi Arabia and like Mansoor being like, like, like you know what I mean? Like he's kind of like the face of like when they go over there in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and like, why would they even consider? That seems like such a bad, I mean, it's a bad idea in general. Obviously, it's a terrible idea for a storyline just anyways. But, like, the cherry on top is, like, why would you? Anyways, this, this yeah, that just seems like a terrible. I'm sure I've talked about it before. I'm, you remember Patrice O'Neill, the comedian, passed away yeah. years back? Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, he was a writer for the WWE for, like, a really short time. And he has similar stories I remember him telling about how um, how uh, Tiger Ali Singh and D'Lo Brown were, like, uncomfortable having to do the when they had the gimmick where they had to wear the, um, the turbans and all that stuff. And, uh, Tiger Ali apparently like went to, to Vince and, and Patrice was right there in the room. And Tiger Ali was like, Hey, this is like really offensive to like my, you know, my people. And like, this is like, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. And he was like, put on the fucking turban and tell Dilo to put the fucking turban on too. And it was just like, Oh, you know what I mean? And like, and like Patrice was like, yeah, that was pretty wild to see him just, they make him do you know so it's just like 
this this has always been happening, you know, but it's just like the yeah. more, more is coming out about Vince now, you know, nowadays, you know, it's just it's all kind of coming out. It feels like or a lot of stuff is coming out about this. So anyway, no, the, the whole the whole. Yeah, anyway, sorry, you continue, Jeremy. I know this wasn't even part of our, our topics for the show, but like I that that is wild that people were even like, how do you even feel comfortable enough to make a pitch like that? Well, it was so bad. They they feel comfortable enough to make this pitch because WWE has been doing this shit on television for sure. years, like decades, honestly. So they're you're pitching to one man. And we know who that man is. We know who his history of a lot of things. Uh, so that's why they feel comfortable enough to to make the pitch. Maybe they do or don't believe in some based on like the the messages that were in the lawsuit and the language that was in the lawsuit. Sounds like some of these writers like did believe of like, hey, let's do this. This will be great shit, pal. Um, but you know, benefited the but doubt also- potentially. Oh, sorry, and also, how much of it is like you're writing? For, I mean, this is an excuse at all, but like you're writing for McMahon in a lot of that's ways, what I'm saying. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like you might not even really think that these are good ideas yourself, but you're like he's yeah. gonna think it's a good idea, and I want to keep my job. So I that, I get that as well. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's what I was gonna say. Is like you know maybe benefit of the doubt is like oh I thought v- Vince would thought this would great, and that's why I pitched it. But again, if you read the lawsuit and it's 31 pages long, I understand if everybody doesn't want to go through all of it. Uh, but if you read some of those messages, it does seem like the these writers are like, nope, this is great. Like this is what we're gonna do. This is gonna be a hit. For, for television and it wasn't necessarily so much of like i'm only doing this because vince thinks it'll be good um but th- they feel comfortable enough to pitch it just because that's stuff that's been on television if you listen to a lot of writers who who no longer work there and like brian gortz being the top one of who has just said like think about what you've seen on television just everything yeah. you've seen on television throughout the years that's the stuff that we thought we could yeah we were comfortable <laughs> enough putting on television think about the stuff that we were like ooh, maybe we shouldn't do that like so yeah. what you haven't seen is way worse than what is actually on television um so what, what i was saying is like this is not one of our spotlights i i felt the need to address it for one because it was a, a big topic two i just wanted to say like like jensen and i are are white we are bearded white men, like about 90% of the, of the wrestling landscape here. We're not the people you want to listen to on, on this particular topic. Uh, you know, listen to Grapsody. I'm sure they'll have uh, something to say about it uh, Saturday at noon. Listen to them. Go, go over to Post Wrestling. Listen to the uh, NWA podcast with uh, Brother Nate, Andrew Thompson, and those guys over there. I'm, I'm sure they'll have something to say about it public enemies podcast out there um uh, and i i know there's more but those are those are the three off the top of my head who will have a lot more insights and, and a lot more you know more important voices than, than ours when it comes to this topic so if you if you want just get better insight on that go go check out those podcasts because jensen and i uh, we can crack our jokes and and do what we do but when it comes to to this topic ain't ain't, ain't something you should really like you, you can take our opinion how you want on it, but there are more important voices than the two bearded white guys who you probably hear enough of. That's all sure. I would say on that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's all obviously, I mean, I think we can all agree that it's like ridiculous that anyone would make these pitches. Yes. I mean, it's like, that's pretty universal. I think 
pretty reasonable. Yeah. But like, um, even like, you know, dial up for film in the chat. He's always in here. Um, he mentioned like the 9-11 thing. He said it sounds like something they would have done with Muhammad Hassan. The crazy thing with that gimmick is initially he was really portrayed as like a baby face. Like he was being wrongfully like stereotyped because of his ethnicity, but he didn't have anything to do with that, you know. But then they just like turned his character like into a terrorist by the time that he got like, they took him off television. Like they like devolved the whole thing. But initially it was actually a really interesting character because it was like this guy who grew up in the United States who had this background that people thought he had something to do. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, a, it was a totally different dynamic, but I wanted to throw that out there too. Cause I've actually seen a lot of people bring up Muhammad Hassan during yeah. like the last few days because of these pitches. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Jeremy. That's, that's probably all we really need to say about it. But I mean, I I'll say as a bearded white guy, like I think it's garbage <laughs> that people, have ideas like that and like that, that yes. you know what i mean that they're making people feel uncomfortable if, if, if these stories are all true and i have no reason to believe that they aren't you know like that would suck to be at your job and like you're just doing your job and trying to come up with good ideas and people are constantly shutting you down or making you pitch this kind of bullshit you know like i you know so anyway that's all i'll say about it as well i think i think it's all garbage it's it's horrible uh i feel bad for the former writer um, I feel bad for the the talent. I have to go through that. Like any any of the the writers who have to uh, deal with that, and especially the talent who basically like, hey, you gotta you gotta do this. This is what we want you to do. And sometimes they just gotta gotta go go along with it. the writer is uh, Brittany Abrahams. By the way, I want to make sure I got her name correctly. She is the one who filed the lawsuit against WWE. And you know, we'll see we'll see what comes of it. it typically, what comes of these things is. Here's a lot of money. Please, please stop. They'll probably get taken care of, not in front of our eyes, or exactly. Yeah. They'll probably get, they'll yeah. probably get settled one way or another. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. We can talk about the uh, the main topics for the show, and like like Jerry said, there's there's going to be other platforms that are going to give you way way uh, a different perspective on the insight about this about all this, and probably a more important one than the one that we gave. So. Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, grab study right here on Fightful, NWA podcast on post wrestling, and then Public Enemies podcast. Those are the three that I, I, I listen to, I know of, and uh, so I, I think those are those three you could check out. Again, I'm sure there's more. Hopefully, they can direct you to more as well. But those are three off uh, the top of my head. All right, Jensen, let's uh, let's get into it uh, real quickly. Everybody Do can it. leave a super chat, leave a thumbs up. Uh, get your question, comment, statement right on the air. If you leave a leave a super chat, leave a thumbs up on this video. We appreciate it. We appreciate the support. Uh, at uh, 11 o'clock, we have an interview with Jack Cartwheel, GCW wrestler who's appeared on AEW television as well. Great guy. Very super, super nice guy. Um, so we, we talked to him for about half an hour. He was fantastic. Talked about cartwheels, everybody. So we I can't confirm we did talk about cartwheels with Absolutely. Jack Cartwheel. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get into the spotlights here, Jensen. I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. We got a new story, Jensen, because mm. we got a new title. The WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Triple H introduced it on Raw, and he said, I want to give you a champion you can be proud of. I want a, I, I want a working champion, a man who's gonna show up every single week, unlike Roman Reigns, who I shook hands with and acknowledged two weeks ago on this program. Things a little more than that, but who I acknowledged a few weeks ago. We need a champion who shows up. Here's the world heavyweight title. We'll crown a new champion at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia. 
Let's go. New title. How you feeling, Jensen? This is stupid as fuck. <laughs> like, this whole thing is stupid as fuck. They already have two world championships. That Roman has both of them. A universal title and a WWE title. The fact, like, especially if they put this thing on Cody, which is like kind of what it feels like, because this is like the Cody Rhodes consolation. It's a double consolation. There's already two fucking titles. So this is title three. Roman, in the explanation, dude, oh my, I watched this segment on Monday and I was like, holy fuck. This is some of the dumbest fucking shit I've ever seen ever. Like, your explanation is Roman was too good. Our champion's too good. No one can beat him. Um, he has two of the titles already. No one can beat him for him. Um, he's so good now that he's he's actually um he's kind of fucked us because you know he's negotiated himself into never being here. Um, so now we have to come up with a, a consolation prize for a consolation prize, which is now our third world title, which is the title for people who can't beat Roman. Imagine in the UFC if they just like if they ever did shit like this. Like, occasionally they'll have, like, an interim title or something, or, like, the champion will have to vacate. But there's never a situation where there's, like, a defending champion out there and then another person being called the... By the way, how are you going to be called the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion? How are you going to be called the Undisputed Champion when there's another world title belt, another champion in your same company? It doesn't make any fucking sense. So... If this is where they were going with all of this, this is this is how it comes off to me. I'll be straight up honest. This is how this comes off to me. The plan was to put the titles on Cody at WrestleMania. They got cold feet or the new buy the new owners. Something happened, maybe even the day of, where they changed their plans. And they may have even sold Cody on like, well, you'll get the win down the road. We'll rebuild you up. We'll we'll make this new championship or whatever. This fucking sucks because. Now, if Cody wins this other title, finish the story. Yo, that fuck that. This is a brand new title. This isn't the title that Dusty Rhodes never won. This is this is a brand new title. I mean, this is this is as worthless as Finn Balor winning a Universal Championship for a day. Like it's a title that means nothing. You know, it could become something eventually, but as of right now, it means nothing. It's a cool looking belt. It's the best. It's the best looking world title belt that they have aesthetically because it looks like an actual championship belt, not a children's you know prop a colorful, you know, prop for, for kids to, to buy toys of, you know, this would be a cool toy too, but this actually looks like a world title belt. I could do without like the giant W in the middle, but I get that they do that for like, you know, brand awareness. I get all that, but like it, it's, if Cody wins this, it means pretty much nothing. I mean, it will be cool to see, but like, but even then the story is he's got to win. He's got to beat Roman. So it, and if they're going to really split the brand, so there's just so many things about this that I think are just so stupid. So you're going to take Roman, you're going to put it, you're going to keep him on SmackDown. So are you going to put Cody on SmackDown too? And then Cody's got to chase Roman. And then he's got to still finish that story. And if he does, that's cool. But like, it's not nearly as cool when there's another world champion on the other show. If Roman just keeps winning, the other title means nothing. Cause it's just the title no one can beat Roman for. It's dumb. It's really dumb. And by the way, if you had two title belts already, newsflash, Cody could have just won at WrestleMania and then you could have split the titles afterwards. Like, this is so stupid to have a third title belt. And and most of the people seem like they want Seth Rollins to win this anyways. They're like, well, at least maybe Rollins can win it. And then Cody can finish the story. 
regardless, it's the third title belt. The whole thing's fucking dumb. I hate it. I absolutely fucking hate it. <laughs> Jensen, how do you feel about this? Are you it's fucking you dumb. Sure? I fucking hate it. I think it's fucking dumb. I think it's really fucking dumb. Who the fuck? Who has these ideas? Like, build multi-billion dollar company, WWE. Your writing team wrote yourself into a corner so badly that you have to create a third world title belt to get yourself out of having to, you're so afraid of Roman losing for some reason still at this point that you can't you have to create a third world title belt because no one can beat him. And because he negotiated the actual storyline reason on television. Is he he's the smartest man in wrestling. Is he negotiated himself into such a good contract that he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Like, that that's but like how that's insane jensen 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 hold on hold on wait 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 hold on wrestling has more than one world championship there already was two adrenaline in my soul created a new belt for cody rhodes i guess I mean, that's probably what they're going to do, too. Like, they'll probably win that, and, like, the pop's going to be half as big as it would have been at WrestleMania. And it's, oh, and by the way, oh, let's finish the story of the American nightmare in Saudi Arabia. That sounds like a fucking good idea. What? Like, if they're going to do this, at least do it in Atlanta, Georgia, where he's going to have friends and family. The place is going to be packed out rooting for him, like fucking Bill Goldberg when he beat Hulk Hogan. Like, this is... Like, think about, think about that. The American nightmare, Cody Rhodes, finishes the story in Saudi Arabia. I don't think. RH says, I co-sign everything Jensen has said on this. Um, I don't, I don't think Cody's winning this title. I don't think he should. I think he'd be very dumb if he did. It does feel very consolation of, hey, here you go, Cody. You couldn't beat Roman Let's put this belt on you that you've had no attachment to. You don't like really. Cody didn't even care about the universal title. If we're being honest, like he wanted the WWE title. And and I I tweeted this and I I said like, all right, if that's what you want to do, then just leading up to WrestleMania, it should have been just for, for the WWE title. If you wanted to write that of like, Oh, Heyman put it in the contract that it was only the WWE title. I suggested Cody was like, the WWE title is the one I'm after. You keep that universal title as a reminder that like, if I wanted that, I could have had that one too. But you wear that like a scarlet letter. Of like you didn't beat me. You have that title. Cause like I allowed that. And then Roman's got to deal with that hanging over his head. And every time he's looking at that universal title, like he still has it. He can hit his thousand days with the universal title. Cause that's what we're counting here anyway. And, but every time he looks at that, it's a reminder of like, Oh shit. Like, I got this, but I didn't beat Cody Rhodes for this. And then they could have split him at the draft. They could, and then at some point they come back together, Cody and Roman. You could tell a long term story there with with uh, Cody and Roman. Like, I I suggested beforehand that if you're gonna beat Roman, it should be for both titles because that's what makes it mean more. You know, I said Sammy, yeah. but and Sammy should have beaten Roman. They could have done something at WrestleMania, and that's when you could have done the two-title split of the triple threat match, however you want to do it. There were a million different ways to to go about this. A million different ways, however you wanted to do it. What they decided to do was instead of splitting the titles again at all, it was just, here's another title, everybody. Here's another title. I know people are saying, like, 
it, Roman only has one title. It's the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. It's only one title. He's carrying around two belts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's he's carrying around two belts. Sure, if you want to say it's only one title as a conglomerate, all right, fine. But he's got two belts with him. So in my mind, there are two belts, and you could split them at any point, just like the the tag team titles, which we'll get into here in a second. Sammy and Kevin have two titles, two sets of titles with them. You can call it one title, but it's two sets that you can split at any time. They can create a third set of tag team titles that for the draft as well. And we're gonna that that's my spotlight. We'll get into that here in a second. But as far as this third title goes, I'll give a positive. I will say that I like that there is going to be two champions, uh, one on each brand. I think that's how it should be, especially if the world champion is not going to show up every week when you do a brand split. You can try to make the U.S. title mean more. You can try to make the Intercontinental title mean more. I think they've done a good job with that, especially the Intercontinental title in Gunther. But if the world champion is not going to show up every single week, you probably need a second world title, and you need an actual world title on the on the brands and now they'll have that with whichever brand i'm gonna assume raw uh whichever brand has that title now the thing is like if you're on smackdown roman's there it's like well what am i fighting for this guy doesn't show up now i guess i do have to go after the intercontinental title um i think roman's the smartest man in history this man said (laughs) you know i i negotiated such a good deal i'm gonna force you to have a third title i love it absolutely love it this is think of the dumbest thing they can do when it comes to wwe and chances are that's the the route they're going to take you had so many opportunities to get these belts off of roman three three that made sense the drew thing okay fine that was prisoner of the moment because you were in cardiff and it seemed like it was going to be a big deal but they did well with solo coming out introducing solo into everything i was okay with that one because it did seem like it was leading to something more, and more was going to be Cody Rhodes. Sammy, Sammy should have won. Sammy, you missed the boat on. You could have figured it out from there. Cody, you really missed the boat on, especially when you didn't do Sammy. And in the end, they just said, here's another championship. I think Omos should be the first champion, and then he should hold the title for 3,000 days. That's my suggestion. <sighs> Yeah. Listen, I like Omos. I'm good with Omos. I it just there I think Seth Rollins is a good choice to win this thing. I, you know, I just the thing the whole thing is just it just it just pisses me off to be honest. The whole thing pisses me off. Cuz it cuz like you said, they've just all the other opportunities. Like if you weren't going to do it with Cody, then do it with you should have done it with Sammy, you know. It's just you're never going to have these moments again for the WWE. And these are the kind of things that like there is a big difference. And I don't even want to call this X-Pac heat because like Sean Waltman doesn't deserve that phrase. Sean Waltman's actually a great performer. He rules. But yeah, Sean Waltman rules. I, I always hated that he got labeled with the X-Pac heat term. It doesn't make sense to me. There are, there are far worse wrestlers. There, there are way more people out there that maybe want to change the channel than X-Pac. Um, but what they're doing with Cody right now is with, what they thought that they were going to be doing is making it so that you chopped him down and now we get we we get even more behind him for like the rebuild when he eventually finally gets that win we're going to you know be even more behind him but what it really feels like and now especially at this point is it's just like you just like you just fucked up 
like you just completely you should you you just you missed it you you missed your opportunity and now you don't have anything there's no successor to this so don't, don't worry jensen they're like the top of the fourth right now there's still a lot of baseball left to be played with with this story yeah let it play out but the reason i brought up the x-pac heat is because it's the kind of stuff that like it isn't it's it's making i mean i'm already i was already one i was already both feet out of the wwe and then when cody came back i started paying attention again but like I think there's a lot of fans, honestly, that are in this boat where they're just, they were all in on this Cody win. There's people that traveled in from all over the world wearing the, the Nightmare Family merch. And they, I mean, they just, the WWE let us down massively. And it isn't even one of those things where like, I'm more interested now to see what happens. It's just, now I'm just pissed off and everyone don't want to watch the show anymore. It's like, cause it's nothing changed. It's still just the Roman Reigns show. Not like it's all like nothing really changed. Like, and I don't give a fuck about Roman Reigns hitting a thousand days with the championship. Like like 900 something days was already impressive enough to me, but the arbitrary 1000 number means nothing to me. So t-shirt. What? 1000 days. Yeah. That's what it is. That's sure. That. That's honestly, that's, that's, that's the crazy thing is what you did, what you just said. That's like the biggest payoff is like what's in t-shirts. Yeah. It's like that's, nothing. that's what makes, that's what makes this decision. Like, seem like that's what they did it for though is so roman could hit 1000 days because they clearly didn't have a story for this otherwise that's why they introduced this title i don't think this was the original plan of what they were going to do when they decided hey when cody loses at wrestlemania our big idea is going to be to introduce another championship but if that is what you had long term planned out a month ago which I know doesn't seem like long-term, but that's where we're at. Like if that was your plan, then you got to get different people in there to be like, maybe not. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe there are better ideas that we could do than just Roman wins. Let's introduce a, another championship just so he can hit a thousand days. Somebody's got to step up. Somebody's I don't, somebody's got to step up and, and tell Triple H no on this stuff, which I understand maybe not the easiest thing in the world or triple H has got to step up and not be a coward and should have booked Sammy to win or Cody to win. If this was the big idea at the end, but no one, no one, no one said anything. No one stepped up and said, Hey, don't we have something better than this or triple H didn't step up and said, eh, Maybe this just isn't good, and maybe I should actually pull the trigger on this moment instead of the story never finishes. Yeah, I don't remember if I read the super chat, but I'll read it again just because it's co-signing you. Thank you, Arch, for the super chat. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, and it, it it doesn't. I mean, I sound. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills even saying this out loud because it's so fucking obvious that everybody's thinking this. Okay. When you put a world title on someone for, let's just say, a thousand days or nine hundred, we'll just say he's going to hit a thousand, whatever, a thousand plus days. Is the moment for the person who beats Roman like is is this not is is what I'm really trying to say here is like the only reason to do a title run like this is because like it's cool that Roman's getting this, but Roman was already going to be a first ballot WWE Hall of Famer. He's going to be a multi-time world champion. He was going to be the face of their company. Whether we whether we wanted it or not, he was the hand-picked face of their company for the last decade. 
isn't this supposed to also be about setting up your future and also supposed to be about giving someone else the rub and also supposed to be a big moment for someone else who actually beats Roman for this title? Like, isn't this moment diluted significantly if there's another world champion and no one had to beat Roman to win that title? I just feel like how, like, if you're going to put all this on Roman, you already had him win both the, the titles. You're making him the super mega final boss. Like, he has all the titles. He's been undefeated for three plus years or whatever. He's the only champion to beat. You got to beat Roman to be the man. And now they're cop. There's, there's copping out like just giant wusses because they're afraid to beat Roman and they backed them. They booked themselves into a corner. And now they're like, well, because I mean, that is, does, does everyone else not feel that way? No matter what happens now from now on, if there's another world champion and like, I just feel like regardless the 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 how massive this win should be this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do read a book take a nap play some video games do something for a friend volunteer a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time but the question is time for what and if it was unlimited how would you go about using it The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash fightful it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help that's betterhelp.com slash fightful say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Take Cody out of the equation. Let's say they just said it, it isn't Cody. Just Cody's not their guy. Okay. Whoever it's going to be, whoever it should have been, Sammy or, or Drew or Seth or whoever. This moment for that person now means a lot less because there's another champion. Just regardless. So like you're, 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 I, don't, I just understand. Why would you put the world title on someone for a thousand days and then dilute the entire thing? It's just so stupid. It's so uh. bad. Chibro says, how do we dilute Gunther? More belts, pal. Um, Dial up for film. Um, I'm going to pull this up. I don't care about a thousand days. This champion is historic. It's the first time in nearly 40 years. And since this happened, he'd be only one of five in history to achieve it. When will that happen again? I understand a thousand days is, is historic. But to Jensen's point, 
when you introduce a new title before you hit a thousand days, right? It kind of cheapens the thousand days right. of everything. Like if In anything, the they should just yeah, they yeah. should have just waited. Like they, if you're gonna do this, just wait to yeah. to introduce this title. It's like all right, he's been a thousand days, such a dominant champion. Now he's negotiated that he doesn't have to show up and do all of this stuff. We need to get a new championship, but they're introducing a new title before he hits a thousand days. So you're already like cutting off basically cut your nose to spite your face here of now it means less because here's a, just, here's just a new championship. Well, and also, sorry, I mean, to kick my microphone just then, but the, 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 okay. So this is so, it's so frustrating. So, if he, he I don't I still don't like the idea of another title, but if you're gonna do it, like you just said, he has a thousand days. You know how easy it is to explain? Like, I don't understand why the company's even admitting that he's that he's booked that he's that he's negotiated himself into a better contract. It makes it makes the company look stupid. Like Triple H is going out there with his pants down, like we got got. He beat everyone, then you know, now he's got the if you're gonna even explain it like this, let him hit the thousand days. Triple H comes out or Roman Reigns, even better, Roman Reigns himself comes out and says, I've had this title for a thousand days. No one can beat me. No one's on my level. No one's got a shot. I've, I've beaten everybody until there's someone who, who's got a shot at this. I'm out. And he drops his mic and just walk. He doesn't say, I know, I know. Triple H is coming and say, I, he negotiated himself into such a good deal. Like, like we dropped the ball so bad negotiating with your world champion <laughs> that he's not here anymore. Like, so, I mean, you can, I mean, once again, I still don't like that second idea I gave, but at least it makes a little more sense where if Roman says, I've had this title for a thousand days, no one can beat me. I'm going to leave for a while until there's actual challengers available and I'll be back to defend my title when somebody clear cut. And then you have, you know, you have someone figure it out between, between Cody, you have all of his former challengers, Cody, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, whatever you put all of them in like a giant tournament or something over like a couple months the winner of that eventually beats Roman or something, you know, but like I, it just doesn't, or, or you split the titles and then that champion, because that's the other thing. Eventually they're going to just consolidate all of this again at some point, I'm sure. And by the way, y'all, the brand split isn't real. It never is. and never has been that, that shit will last for like a couple of weeks and you'll start seeing everyone in every show again anyways. So anyway, yeah, I know we got to move on to other topics, but I, I really thought like, I thought this was a really fucking stupid idea for it. It hurts Cody. It hurts. It hurts Sammy. It hurts the championships. It hurts Roman. It hurts whoever eventually beats Roman. It's a fucking bad idea all the way around. So, so Jensen, you support this idea is what I'm hearing. Support the idea of them, like coming up with way better fucking ideas. How about that? <laughs> support the idea of them coming up with better ideas i feel like we can all support that idea uh to, to piggyback off this my spotlight is we have a WWE undisputed maybe disputed tag team championship match on smackdown on friday which is also night one of the draft kevin owens Sami Zayn against the usos once again uh you know, we talked a little bit about it last week of uh, hey are they going to take the titles off of sammy and kevin because they can't go to saudi and now it's night of champions it doesn't now that they have like this new world heavyweight title you don't really need a tag team title match uh when it comes to that um but we did tease a little kind of sort of tension between Sammy and Kevin on Raw because Sammy's still talking to the Usos and everything. We still don't know, hey, are we going to split the tag team titles? We have a Raw and a SmackDown tag team titles. We have the draft. 
does one person get drafted to Raw? One person gets drafted to SmackDown? Do they get drafted to Raw? And then they're like, okay, well, you're now you're the Raw champions. You just have to drop the SmackDown titles. What are we doing with the tag titles now? Do we introduce the World Heavyweight Tag Team Championships to the fold here? What are we doing with the tag titles? At least we have a match tomorrow night on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. And once again, we've we've been through all this before, Jeremy, me and you, throughout our fandom of wrestling. We've seen titles get consolidated and split up and old ones reintroduced. And I mean, the whole lineage of all these titles is so fucked anyways, because especially once once they started literally swapping belts, like handing like a Raw title for a SmackDown title, like, hey, we're, we're not on the same show. We switched shows, so now we got to just change titles. Um, just, yeah, just bad. Um, I will say, I will say um, they're in that segment with Riddle and, was it Riddle and Owens backstage at first? Or Riddle and Sammy? I can't remember. It was Riddle and Owens at first. And Riddle and Owens at first, yes. Yeah. So when it was Riddle and Owens at first, Riddle, Riddle, right when the camera cuts on, it's him explaining to Kevin Owens the annexation of Puerto Rico. And that popped me massively. That's so, yeah, that's a little Giants (laughs) reference. If you're, if you grew up in the nineties, that's, that's our shit. I see SP three in the chat. Um, I know he caught that one. Um, But so I want to say that as that was my biggest takeaway of the whole segment. I was like, is Riddle suggesting that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn run the annexation of Puerto Rico on the bloodline? Okay. Um, but uh, but no, it's a good point. I mean, I, I'd imagine what they'll probably do is they'll probably just split those titles because that makes the least sense. Because like if you're if you're gonna do if you're gonna just not gonna make sense what you're doing with your company, I think it makes the least sense, therefore the most sense if you're them, if you're going to if you're going to consolidate the titles on Roman and they create a brand new world title for someone else, then you'll do the opposite with the tag titles and you'll just split those titles. I, I think I've seen people suggest like a double pen. And so then the Usos get one set and Sammy and Kevin get one set. I, I think the thing that makes the most logical, illogical sense is whatever brand they get drafted to that's the title that that they keep. So they just get drafted to Raw, and it's like, hey, you got to like hand over the SmackDown titles. It's like, all right, that's kind of a cop-out, but yep. sure. I think the dumbest possible scenario would be one gets drafted to Raw, one gets drafted to SmackDown, and they just get to – they keep that title. So Sammy gets both Raw titles. Now he's got to find a new partner for the Raw Tag Team titles. Kevin gets drafted. Now he gets to find a new partner. That's the dumbest scenario because you spent all that time reuniting Sammy and Kevin, telling that entire story just for less than a month later. Let's split them. And then they go on their merry ways to find new tag team partners. I think that's the dumbest possible scenario. So that's probably what's going to happen now that I I think about it. So those are the three ideas that I, I feel like they will probably do. Obviously, the seems like the best case scenario would be like, hey, write an actual good story of to split the titles to get the where they actually lose the belts and you you move on. They they kind of had that uh, a few a few months ago when they did like here's a SmackDown tournament and you earn a shot at the SmackDown titles against the Usos. Here's a Raw tournament and you earn a shot against the Raw titles against the Usos. Then the Usos just won those match and look, it paid off. They got to Sammy and Kevin. That was a big payoff, big pop, and everything. But now they're they're gonna have to write a different story. To, to somehow split these titles. Those are three ideas that I'm just going to throw out there 
and we'll see which way they go. Maybe they come up with something completely even dumber than that. You know, you can never, you can never doubt this company when it comes to just coming up with dumb ideas. You don't doubt them. No, those wind up, randomly wind up creating a WC, like a cruiserweight tag team titles also for no reason. Here's here is the worst case scenario. And I'm about to get an angry text message. Here's in the worst case scenario of what they could do. Sammy and Kevin, I guess maybe win, maybe lose. No, okay, I got it. I've actually thought of an even worse case scenario. Nice. Uh, just as I was thinking about it. They do the match on Friday, right? All's going well, blah, 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 blah. Sammy turns on Kevin Owens. He hits Kevin Owens. He reunites with the Usos. Those they're all back in the family. It's bloodline. All it's great. Yeet, all that stuff. Like, you know. Bring it in. All of that reunites. Usos win the titles and they give Sammy the Raw tag team titles or the SmackDown tag team titles and they keep the other ones. And maybe you have Sammy and Solo defend them. Maybe Sammy as the honorary Us finds another honorary Us and they be the champions. So the Usos get one set. Sammy gets another set with, with whoever and that's how you split the titles. There you go, everybody. Nice. Yeah, that sounds pretty WWE to take like one step forward and three steps backwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just go right back to what it was. Like, we'll just pretend like the, the Montreal thing never happened with Sammy and Roman. Let's pretend like Cody never had a real shot at Roman. Let's just, yeah, we'll just go backwards a bunch. That's probably, that's probably what they'll do. Because that's kind of what it feels like post-WrestleMania. I feel like we just went backwards a lot. Like, it's just still the Roman Reigns show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one that's another point that you brought up that is is you know important is the whole idea that anyone can get drafted to any show. So how much of that will they really screw up? Because I remember like the I think it was the original draft when they tried splitting the Dudley boys and stuff like that. And it didn't last very long. They eventually kind of started putting everyone back together. But uh so yeah, I mean, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll see some tag teams. And also, this is completely off topic, and it just made me think of this. So the LWO is a thing again on the show, which is cool. I, I like the I always like the LWO shirts and you know RIP Eddie Guerrero and all that stuff. But like the Hector Garza and Angel Garza are in the company. Are they even? Are they still? But like, but like they're like Hector was in the LWO. Like it's, it's like they have like actual family members of P like. Anyway, I just kind of, I expect that to expand or something. I just, that hit me the other day. I was like, I remember Hector Garza being in the, in the actual LWO and like his, I don't know if they're his, his nephews or exactly how that family tree works, but I know like Angel Garza and Humberto are in the company and they're both related to him, like legitimately. So anyway, I, anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Maybe that's something to look out for if you're an LWO fan. Let it play out. They might yeah. join at some point. They got to get back on television first. Yeah, well, see, I see. I didn't know what they were even in the company still when I started thinking about this, but you, you um, wouldn't because they're never they on TV. So yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure they're they're still they're still there. I've not heard anything otherwise, but uh, you wouldn't know because they're never on TV. All right, let's uh, let's let's move on to your favorite topic, Stephen Jensen. I'm old and I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking children. <laughs> I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. Yeah. CM Punk had a meeting reportedly with Chris Jericho 
last week other parties were present as well they settled their differences they mended their fences one man is not a stooge another man is not a cancer anymore it seems like all all is happy in in the world of aew and then cm punk shows up to, to raw to just visit just visit some friends backstage in chicago and then he gets escorted away a uh, reportedly on the uh, orders of Vincent McMahon. And now it seems like he's headed back to, to AEW here very shortly. And it seems like he's going to set up a program with, with one Chris Jericho who has just booked himself into a high profile spot. Like only Chris Jericho can do Jensen. I know you love CM Punk. What are your thoughts on CM Punk and Chris, CM Punk playing nice with everybody? This man is is he's friends again with everyone. Yeah, yeah. So we don't really know a whole lot about the actual meeting between CM Punk and Chris Jericho, do we? There's not a whole lot out about that. Like I just, no, just apparently just it happened it, on Friday. Yeah, it happened, right? and it seemed like everything was kumbaya, and they they got out what they needed to get out. And again, it sounds it sounds like. They're gonna they're gonna work together. Jericho is somebody who we know of. He can put in. He didn't get hit with a chair or anything. He can put his differences aside and be like, "There's money to be made here. Let me make some money." Oh, for sure. Yeah, like him and Bill Goldberg got in an actual fight and then you know did a storyline eventually with each other and stuff. I mean, Jericho is smart. He's been around forever. Jericho's the goat. I always say that. But like, yeah, I mean. I obviously have a lot of thoughts about CM Punk. I I think it's pretty inevitable that he's coming back to AEW soon. And that's fine. Like, I, I'll, I'll never knock his actual AEW run on screen. I thought it was fantastic. But it's just, it's a matter of time, I feel like, before something else like this happens. It's kind of strange that they had this meeting and then, like, a few days later, he's backstage at Raw. You know, it's like, it, it just kind of, it always feels like he's just always playing this weird game. He's like a 40-something-year-old man who plays like kid games constantly. Not not not, not like the little kid games that Lashley was trying to avoid with the with the the fiend. But um, thank you, Jeremy. Um, but you know, this is it, it feels like he's playing little kid games always from the sense of like, you know, just as things start to get better with AEW, I'm gonna make some controversial Instagram post. Or right when things start getting better with AEW, I'm gonna show up backstage at Raw. You know, it's always, it's just kind of like, dude, just how about just getting along with the people you work with and not rocking the boat and like getting the bag. Cause like, that's a big part of this. I'm sure is like, he's owed a lot of money by AEW and he isn't there and he only gets that if he's there. So like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I just, I mean, I don't know. He just, he's just low kid game CM Punk. I don't know. I don't know what else, to, what else to say. I don't know what you, I mean, he obviously knew that it would get out that he was at Raw. I mean, obviously that news is huge. People are going to talk about that. Obviously, he knows when he makes Instagram posts and deletes them. Like, that's he's doing that on purpose. He's he's trolling. He's playing little kid games. Who just, you know, if, if he was like 20, I, I'd get it. But he's like 45 or whatever. It's like, it's kind of weird. But anyways. Do you think it was a, a publicity stunt? For, for CM Punk to go to Raw and be like, see how I'm now friends with The Miz after I told him to suck a blood-covered Saudi dick. See how I'm friends with Triple H after I called him the doofus son-in-law and just tore down his entire family and, and company. Yeah, I get along 
with these people. There's nothing, there's nothing bad with me, Matt and Nick Jackson. See how I'm, me and Chris Jericho have worked things out. I'm, I'm very easy to get along with. You think it's a publicity stunt or do you think like maybe this man is, he's working on himself. He's making, he's making amends with people that he just hasn't had a good relationship yeah. with. And he's, he's trying to, to better himself after everything that has happened. I'm sure it's both. Because I'm, I'm sure he, I'm sure he legitimately wants back in for not, and not just for the money. Like, I know I'm saying that, but like, it's not just the money. I think he legitimately loves pro wrestling or else he wouldn't have come back or want to be as involved as he was or be on the, you know, he didn't have to do a full-time schedule when he came back to AEW. He could have easily negotiated Roman Reigns style. He could have, he could have come and negotiated, uh, you know, working, you know, maybe, I mean, Tony Khan would have been happy to have him for one match once. I mean, so it's, it's just one of those things where like, I definitely respect his dedication when he returned, but he just has that track record. I'm always talking about where at some point, something like this is probably going to happen again. You're going to have to deal with it again. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think he legitimately does want to mend fences with the people we can mend fences with. I think there are probably people who don't want to mend fences with him. Um, and, if this is true that they're basically creating another show so that he can come back, that's kind of wild that you would cater so much to one person, but he is, he is the most famous person on your show and he does bring in ratings. And you know, if you, if you want him there, you might have to bend over backwards in that kind of way to do it. It just, you know, just, it's just, it's just strange, you know, like that, you know, yeah, I just feel it's it just strange. It's just strange that you have to go to so many lengths to, to keep this grown man happy who clearly has these like just roller coaster relationships with these companies and promoters, not just a couple months before the whole brawl out thing. He was literally crying next to Tony Khan about how happy he was about the RH library being in good hands. And then within months, he's so disgruntled as their world champion that he's fighting people backstage. You know, it's, it's, you know, I just expect something like that to happen again. If he comes back is all not necessarily that he's going to fight somebody, but you know, another big blow up that's public that divides the fan base and all that stuff. We shall see when it comes to, to punk. I'm I like the game Jericho is playing more of I'm going to just make amends and get get myself into this big program with punk right off the bat. You know, it's going to be a hot program because it's punk's first return program. Jericho is going to say some things on television. Punk's going to say some things on television. I'm sure the match will be fine, even though they both uh, lost a little bit of a step here. I like that Jericho has just worked himself into this top position. Yeah. Legit, an underrated worker when it comes to that kind of stuff. Very underrated worker with whatever, uh, with everything he's been able to accomplish in, in AEW. No. When he's old school, man, like he knows, he knows it's going to make money. And like, if it's going to make money, like he might as well be involved. Like if CM Punk's going to come back, he might as well be a piece of that is probably how he feels. And him and Punk have worked together in the past and they've talked shit about each other in the past, but they can, they're both grown men who can get, you can deal with each other. Um, obviously the big money would be Kenny Omega and CM Punk or like CM Punk against the elite and that kind of stuff. But if the elite don't want to work with them, which I don't know if that's the case or not, but if Jericho is willing to do it, like he's, yeah, he's a genius. Like you just said, he'll, he'll swoop in. It's like the money's on the elite, but if the elite don't want to be involved, I'll do it, you know? And that's, you know, that sounds like kind of what's happening. I don't know if, I mean, look, I, there's money to be made against Punk, against the Elite. That's a tough match for CM Punk at this stage 
of his career, whether it's Omega or whether it's Omega or either of, of the young bucks. That's a tough match for, for CM sure. Punk. That's a big styles clash. And I don't know the hangman match was, was a big styles clash and he didn't hold up too well in that one when it came to, you know, doing stuff like the, the buckshot and everything. And hangman's a lot more physical than, than those two more of a hard hitting guy that punk like appreciates. They are a lot more athletic and fast pace and punk would have to adapt. Cause I don't know if they're going to be the ones that are going to Omega might to an extent, but the bucks are going to go and they, I don't know if punk can, can go to that level at this point. He's never been that yeah. type of guy, honestly. Well, he's not athletic, but he, but he's, but he's a good storyteller. Yes. So, it, so, but when he tries to be athletic, you see him do like fall in the buckshot Larry and that kind of stuff. So it's just, you know, he does like crooked moonsaults and stuff. He just, he's never been athletic, but he is a very, he's a very good storyteller and that, that can't be understated. And in his matches, historically have been really good his big matches are very good i mean I'm, I'm i'm definitely not taking anything away from the guy even though like i i do dislike him for a lot of reasons but um you know i said that when he came into aw honestly i said like his his style of work it's he's not going to be able to keep up with a lot of these guys this new generation they're just the stuff they're doing is just completely next level compared to what he was doing but He's a big character, a big personality, super famous, draws money, draws fans, it sells tickets. Um, and it'll, it'll have a good match. I mean, him and Jericho have a really, it's going to be good television. It'll be really interesting television. Don't get me wrong. I just, from like a fan perspective and someone who loves AEW since day one, it's just concerning. It's just concerning having in the back of my mind where it's like, well, when's this going to happen again? You know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Um, we'll see when it comes to to CM Punk and uh, CM Punk and how it goes with AEW when he eventually returns in the next couple of months. Jensen, your AEW spotlight was Roderick Strong or potentially SRS. Roddy Strong coming, making his AEW debut, saving Adam Cole, saving Adam Cole, Bandito, and Orange Cassidy, technically, uh, from a beatdown from the Jericho Appreciation Society. He's out of WWE, and he is now all elite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has the end of heartache theme song too, which is cool. Um, yeah, I mean, at, the, at first, no one knew who it was because, like, the graphic didn't. Like you said, it said SRS at first, which is funny. And your tweet was really funny too about uh, how uh, it said SRS, and that's why nobody popped or popped right when he showed up. Oh, that was really funny. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you popped so much for me popping for that right now, Jeremy. What are you writing an article right now? um no uh sean has messaged me and i'm just replying oh i was just talking about him is he watching i was talking about your joke about him oh maybe anyway well i hope sean's well um but anyways i uh obviously i'm happy that roddy strong is all elite no one knew he was a free agent to my knowledge like i I didn't hear anything about him actually getting i know he publicly or people knew he wanted out but um but yeah that was uh that was really surprising because I was expecting maybe Kyle O'Reilly to show up, but I don't know how close he is to returning, but it's pretty clear that when Kyle's ready, they're going to do the undisputed trios with the three of them. And Hey, maybe big dip, big dig Bobby fish. You know, maybe he gets back in the fold. I'm sure he's sitting next to his phone waiting on the call. Um, but with CM Punk coming back, I don't know how that's going to go. That would be the most interesting thing in all of this is just someone have a camera running 
if Bobby Fish and CM Punk are backstage together at AEW. I, I would love to see that interaction. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was badass. Like it's super rare nowadays that it's such a surprise like that because usually we at least know that someone's a free agent or something. With Roddy, like he'd been radio silent. He hadn't been on the show for a long time in, in NXT. He wanted out but didn't get out from to our knowledge and out of nowhere pops up on AEW and it makes sense that he'd be aligned with Adam Cole. And uh, yeah, I thought it was badass. Good for Roger Strong. It was good to see Roddy there. You know, he had gone silent when it came to WWE. WWE had gone silent. He got taken out like last year uh, when they, they did the big injury angle with Diamond Mine and all of that. And you just didn't hear anything. I don't know if his contract expired. I don't know if he did ask for his release uh, at some point last year and it wasn't granted. And maybe now it finally did get granted or it was granted then. And then there was just a very, very long um, non-compete. We don't know. What happened there? I'm sure Sean or somebody will have more information as to the details and logistics of all of that. It was good to see Roddy in AEW, though. He's going to like absolutely thrive in that system and being part of this. We're going to get uh, Undisputed Era back together whenever O'Reilly comes back. I would laugh if the Young Bucks pull a play of like, all right, you know what? CM Punk can come back, but like, we got to get, get Bob Fish back in here as well. That's That's who we need coming back too. Um, we'll see what happens there. There's a lot of stories you can tell with, with undisputed era and, and all of that, you know, they left the story on the table due to injuries of when Cole O'Reilly and fish turned on the young bucks. And then they never capitalized on that because of the injuries to O'Reilly and Cole. That's not their fault at all. And then by the time, uh, you know, Cole came back, we knew the real story and so he was a baby face, so you can't exactly do that. Maybe they revisit something down that or something with that down the line. Plenty of stuff, uh, plenty of stories to tell with that. But yeah, Roddy's going to be great in, in this system, in this style. And it's good that he was able to go somewhere that's going to make him happy. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters is the wrestlers get to go and work where they want to work and where yeah. they can uh, actually be on television and be utilized to their, their proper ability. Because he got, man... When it comes to WWE, like he resigned before Triple H had his health uh, scare and kind of like lost power at the end of the year, which is when Cole's contract was up, O'Reilly's contract was up, and then uh, Fish just ended up getting released regardless. Uh, but the other two were like, eh, I don't know about this. But Roddy was, he resigned and they thought they were going to do like something big with Diamond Mine. And then that didn't turn out how people thought that it was going to turn out. And it just, they, they tried to like salvage things with the Creed brothers in there, but then, you know, Stokely, uh, Malcolm Pivens got released and it just, it didn't, it didn't work out how I think he had hoped it was going to work out. And I felt bad for him because they kind of had something with, with Diamond Mine, I thought, and he was just, he was never used as, as that guy. And that's a shame. Well, yeah. And I mean, they'll double dip big time with him in a ring of honor with his history there. So he'll, yeah. have, a ton, he'll have a ton to do under Tony Khan. And, um, there was a, oh yeah. And also Marina Shafir is already signed to the company. You know, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's great for both of them. They can be together, you know, more often. So um, yeah, I mean, good for Roddy, good for him getting out of his deal or how, however it worked, however things worked out. And I'm glad he's at where he's at now. I mean, this is, I mean, really Rod, Roder strong is really like a day one AEW guy. Like if he was available, he would have been signed day one to AEW. Yeah. I mean, he, you know what I mean? So like this, this really feels like it's his home. So he, yeah, he's going to do great in AEW and in ring of honor. 
we will see. I mean, he's already wrestling. I think next week they announced the the match. It's going to be uh, O'Reilly or not O'Reilly. Sorry, uh, Cole um, Strong, Bandito, Orange Cassidy against Jericho Appreciation Society. So we're going to see him in action pretty pretty soon here uh, next week. So should be good. And again, a lot of stories looks, to tell with Roddy. Looks great. Looks like he's in fantastic shape as always. He's ready to go. So I don't even know if he got like hit in the chest. His chest was already red in that backstage <laughs> photo. And just see, you know, wakes up and just gets chopped. Just has the chop marks. Excited to see Roddy, Roddy back, the king of the backbreaker. Just throwing, throwing fools Messiah. around. Messiah. Yeah, Messiah. Throwing, sorry about that. Yeah, uh, get yelled at by other people for not calling them Messiah. <laughs> Messiah the backbreaker. Throwing fools around, breaking backs out there. All right. Our other spotlight, Stephen Jensen. Mark. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Naomi, the former Naomi, the now Trinity Fatu, potentially Trinity Star. We'll see if she she abandoned that trademark, but maybe she uh, maybe has something else up her sleeve there. Um, but Naomi is coming to Impact Wrestling. They they tweeted that they had a major surprise for the Chicago tapings tomorrow, and you know that led to some speculation as to what it could be. I don't know if anybody thought it was going to be Naomi, but that's who that's who it is, and. We will see her in Impact. I assume that taping will air next week. So a week from now, Naomi will be in Impact Wrestling. Steven Jensen? Yeah, yeah, good for her. I mean, I've said this before, and I, I honestly believe this. If you take the overall women's roster of Impact Wrestling and you add Naomi to that as well now, if you look at that as a singular brand, not not as, you know, WWE, they have Raw, SmackDown, they had the NXT UK, they have NXT and all that. So, like, it's collectively, there's probably a better group of, like, women overall in the WWE system collectively. But on, like, one singular wrestling show brand of Impact Wrestling, if you count that as, like, against, like, a Raw or against a SmackDown or something like that, I think that Impact probably has, like, the best collection of women, like, in the world, like, as far as, like, in-ring wrestling. And Naomi is going to fit in really well with that. She's... She's good in the ring. She's really, really popular. She has a lot of fans. Her glowing, her glow stuff, I think, will work really well in Impact, like, you know, like for entrance and all that. I'm sure she'll keep all the, all that like upbeat, you know, uh, glow in the dark type stuff. And um, I think it'll work really well in Impact. She'll probably get, um, she'll probably get pushed heavily. Um, she'll probably be right up there in the Knockouts title mix right away, unless they have like a partner for her or if Sasha might bounce around more, maybe the two of them can do something together as a tag team somewhere, or maybe even briefly an impact or something. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think that's, that's a good spot. I mean, 
Um, I don't know if Naomi was interested in AEW or if they were interested in her or if she wanted to work elsewhere. I have no idea. But like, I think that in ring wise and and what you're going to get on this show, I think she's going to be a really good fit for Impact. I look forward to seeing her in a place that knows her star quality and star power and where she can be sort of a, a, a bigger fish um, in the in the Impact pond. Because I don't think WWE fully capitalized on what they had with her. She had a viral moment like every time she she went out there. She had celebrities tweeting about her and, and her um, her return at the Rumble and, and everything. Uh, I remember her winning like the women's Andre, like the first one in Orlando too. It was like a big deal and they didn't do anything with it. They they haven't done anything. They, they rarely did anything with her. And she has great crossover appeal too. They, they just... They never capitalized on on what she had, um, and I thought that was a big miss. It was it was very similar to what what they had with Mercedes Sasha, especially with the crossover with the Star Wars and everything. I don't think they really saw the star quality that they had in her, and um, the same thing now with, with Naomi uh, Trinity. And I think Impact will definitely do that for her. They will they will make her a bigger deal um, than than she was in WWE. The downside is that it's impact and impact just they have the reach that they have. It is what it is when it when it comes to impact. They will definitely treat her like a big deal as they should. You know, is it going to bring in new fans? I hope it does. You see a lot of people saying like, oh, now I'm going to watch impact. Like I'm, I'm excited to check out impact with with Naomi on there. Like I hope I hope that is true. I hope that is the case because they're. She, she deserves that the platform, she deserves to be treated like a big star. And I hope that people do actually support and follow her when it comes to, to watching Impact. I'm excited to see what she looks like without the, the WWE restrictions and things like that. Because she's never really been outside that system. And I'm, I'm not saying she's a bad worker or, or anything. But there, you could tell with like someone with Sasha Banks uh mercedes monet it's like oh yeah she's gonna thrive no matter what system she's outside of you could tell that and and she's proven that in stardom and new japan with naomi she's been in that system so long and she was good in that system but i never like fully saw like okay if she's outside the wwe system how is she going to do i i i hadn't seen it of like i trust she's going to be great outside of this system because some people they just it doesn't it doesn't work out uh, so I'm very interested to see what it looks like when she is outside the WWE system uh, in terms of in terms of in-ring work. I think the the non-in-ring stuff that'll be fine because she is, she does have such a presence about her. In terms of in-ring work, I'm I'm curious to see how she does there. I don't doubt her. That, that I want to make that very clear is I'm not doubting her in-ring ability at all. I'm just I'm curious to see what she looks like in-ring outside of the the WWE structure and things like that. And again, I hope that people who watch, who say they're going to watch impact to support her actually do. How long is she going to be an impact? It's more, it's reportedly more than a one shot thing. There's kind of longer term plans, but you typically don't see too many people um, have, you, you typically don't see too many people stay in impact that long when it comes to, to this kind of stuff. Um, especially a, a star like Naomi. I imagine when WWE's reported higher freeze kind of eases up, maybe they circle back around and, and try 
to get her back. Impact very much seems a lot of times like almost a, a rehab project type place. And people do very well with that, but then they then they move on and they head elsewhere. So we'll see how it works out uh, for Naomi. But I'm excited. We got her against Diana. I imagine we'll get her, assuming Jordan Grace stays around. Uh, we'll get her against Jordan Grace as well. Masha Slamovich would be would be a really fun match. So plenty of plenty of great matches for Naomi. And I'm, I think I think this is leading to Naomi and Mercedes at uh, Multiverse Two as well, which would be a huge get for for multiverse if they are the ones that could could get that match if new japan and impact could could broker that match because you wouldn't think that would be oh yeah this is a multiverse match you would think that would happen elsewhere yeah no i agree with all that yeah especially like <clears throat> we don't know how long she's going to be an impact for but it could just be kind of a stopping point for her to just have something going on for when WWE calls back or if she wants something to open up somewhere else i love the idea of her and sasha in the multiverse um I'd also like to see her pop up in GCW or something. Her versus like Maki Ito or something. Just I guess I want to see her just completely out of her element. Just a comp- just something totally different, and just see how she thrives. Because like Matt Cardona is a good example of that. Like he, like when he came into GCW, people were like, "Oh, there's no way he's going to do a death match." And then he had that death match with. I'm not saying that Naomi necessarily has had a death match, but just something out of her element that's different. And Cardona completely reinvigorated his whole career at that death match with Nick Gage. That opened up so many people's eyes to like what he was really, what he was really about. Um, so yeah, Cardona. I mean, Cardona is a good example, by the way, of when I when I talk about like we haven't seen certain people outside of a system. Right. How are they going to do? And it's not that Cardona was a bad worker in WWE. It's just like he was a very WWE worker. How is he going to do outside of that? And he's like, well, fuck it, I'll do a death match. And now he's become one of the top names on the independent scene. So there's a guy like Cardona who does does it that way. And then no knock on Brian Myers, but there's a guy like Brian Myers who just kind of floats and sticks to his own thing. Not trying to compare Naomi to either of those, just comparing to we've only seen this person in this system. How do they do elsewhere? Are they adaptable? Do they want to push the boundaries of this stuff as well? well? The best example of it all is Cody. I mean, he was OVW, he was no indie run, OVW, straight to WWE, and then changed changed the entire game when he left. I mean, so I didn't think Cody's I didn't think Cody's run was like great until he kind of started doing Bullet Club stuff, though. Well, because yeah, and he also, I mean, this is a perfect example because he initially showed up in Impact, and like yeah. it didn't get a whole lot of buzz. It was him versus like Mike Bennett and stuff like that. And, like it was it was like okay, but yeah, you know, you're right. So you know, you never know. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I, I think Naomi's going to do fine wherever she winds up. And I think she'll probably, I mean, she, I, I have no idea, but like, I just, I have a gut feeling she'll wind up back in the WWE eventually. So if, and when she does, I hope they realize what they have in her yeah. because she, she does have that star quality and she, she deserves uh, a lot more than, than she got in WWE. Uh, Jensen, your other spotlight is Alex Kane winning MLW battle riot. Uh, Alex Kane, former not world champion, uh, national openweight champion, I believe, when it comes to, to MLW, and now big big opportunity coming off a of battle ride. He will challenge for the world title uh, against Alex Hammerstone. Alex Kane, Jensen, uh, what, what are your thoughts on on him winning? I like it a lot. Um, I got to see Alex Kane live at Battle Slam this past weekend as well, which I'll talk about a little bit more here in a second. Um, I'm a big Alex Kane fan. Uh, Bomb IA. I love that uh, O'Shea Edwards is a part of that Bombay fight team as well. I'm a big O'Shea Edwards fan as well. Um, 
it's uh in he in O'Shea and uh sorry uh Alex Kane won the whole thing from number one. Like he started number one at Battle Riot. And for people who don't know, so this was Battle Riot five. Um it's available uh I think is I think Reels is the only place you can watch it, I think. But um he started it number the way Battle Riot works, for those of you who don't know, it's it's pinfall submission or over the top elimination, no rules, really anything goes. Um, and it's like Royal Rumble style. And um Royal Rumble style for this sense of like people enter, you know, one after another and stuff like that. So um Alex Kane wound up, he started number one, made it all the way through. Um, it came down to him and Davy Boy Jr. And he eventually choked out Davy Boy or made Davy Boy tap out to rear naked choke uh to win the whole thing. So Alex Kane ran the entire battle riot from number one all the way to the end. Um and so and this is this is great for him too because like the fans are really behind him. A lot of the Bama A chants. Um, he's a great in ring worker, and for challengers for Hammerstone, he's a really good choice because um, they're going to have a good match. And, and Hammerstone's been the champion now since he won the title in like late 2021, I think. So we're talking already like a year and a half in or something like that, maybe a little longer. So. Um, it's probably a good, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying it's, it's like the right time to take it off Hammerstone. I don't know, but I think Alex Kane is a good chance is a good choice. Like if you are going to take it off Hammerstone, he'd probably be my number one choice of the people that they've built um, to, to take that title off of them. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. He's a guy who I've been watching for quite a while. Um, he wrestled locally for action wrestling years back um, and, and has really, really done great for himself all over the world. And, and now, you know, an MLW. So, um, so yeah, huge shout out to Alex Kane for winning Battle Riot five. And um, and yeah, like you said, he's gonna get a shot at Hammerstone's title. So I would uh personally I'd like to see Alex Alex Kane win the title. If it, if it was my choice and I was Court Bauer and I was booking this thing, I'd I'd have Alex Kane be the next champion. Hammerstone has had the belt, it seems like forever. They're working, I think he might be legitimately injured and they're working uh yes. you know, they're they're talking about the injury. Story. So yeah. yeah, easy easy way to to get the belt off of Hammerstone there and protect him as well. Uh, when it when it comes to that, so yeah, look, Alex Kane, he's been doing great in MLW. I do like the Bumea Fight Club and, and things like that. So it would be a, a good transition to get the belts on Kane and elevate him to that next level because it looked like uh, EJ and Doku was going to kind of be that guy, and then he became a free agent. We don't know. There's interest in him elsewhere. Um, we don't know where he's going to end up. So Alex Kane, you know, being that guy now would would be a, a good good spot for him when it, since Ndoku is no longer there. Yeah, for sure. Alex Kane, legitimate badass too. Great suplexes, yeah. super super yeah. like credible. Like he's he's really good. He'd be a great champion for that brand. So. You can watch Alex Kane win the MLW World Heavyweight Title uh, in 2025 <sighs> on I assume TikTok. Right. It'll well, it'll happen like tomorrow. But yeah, yeah, you'll get to watch it years from now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty twenty five on TikTok is when you can watch it when the title. I'm gonna give a big motherfucking shout out. Indie spotlight mine this week, Jensen is Matt Cardona. Oh, the aforementioned Matt Cardona. Josh Bishop from AIW Dam this past weekend. Uh, Josh Bishop got his one-on-one match for the Intense Championship against Matt Cardona and did not win. Uh, Steph the Lander got involved. Belfonso got involved. Big mosh of, of everything. Doors that didn't break. Bishop bleeding as he always does. Um, very overbooked 
match, which it would kind of expected coming in because it was going to be a, a no DQ, just kind of fight between these two men. And Matt Cardona picks up the victory, though, retains the championship. And now Josh Bishop's got to figure out what's uh, sort of next for him in AIW. But what do you think of this match and then the decision to keep the belt on Cardona? I can't remember, was Cardona the champion going into the match or did he win it back from Bishop last night? I can't remember the... the he, he was the champion. He was the champion going into it. Yeah. I couldn't remember. They've had a great feud, though. The match was the match was good. It was it was overbooked. Like, PME ran in and, like, Wesley... Or Wes Barkley and uh, and uh, Swoggle, like, fought them off. And, yeah, eventually, eventually it was just too much. They did, like, a triple... It was, yeah, Bill Alfonso, Seth Lander, and... Uh, and Cardona like beat down Bishop with a chair, like with chairs, and then eventually Cardona hit him with chair a toe. Uh, yeah, one man can chair toe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a bummer. I'm obviously a big Josh Bishop guy. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, I like the story. It's been a long term story between him and Cardona, and and Cardona's. You know, they've they've gotten uh, obviously they've been involved with uh, like PME has been involved with that a lot. West Barkley involved a lot with that, so. It's been a it's been a lot of a a lot has happened in the past like year and there's also Cardona got hurt oh that's right that's right Cardona got hurt as the champion we, yeah we broke that news to Bishop that's right on our show. we did we did I forgot that that was what happened um because Bishop had both that I it's hard sometimes for me to keep up with the lineage of these titles because Bishop at one point he had both the absolute and intense titles and then yes. Dillinger has been the intense champion since then and Dillinger retained again on the last show um. So that's right. So anyway, so Bishop, um, I would like to see Bishop as the champion of AIW. I think he's like the best fit for that title, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to ever be against Cardona being the top guy of an independent promotion. Like he's, he brings in fans, he brings in eyes, he, he people stream to see him and he's great at what he does. Like I'm a big Cardona guy. I, you know, and he adapts really well to everywhere that he wrestles. He gets over everywhere, he gets heat everywhere. Um, and it's like a real, for Bishop, it feels like a real, like, almost like a, like a mainstream wrestling feud against like a main, like a big, like WWE looking wrestler, you know, like I, I, and I think that's something Bishop's going to get more and more used to the, the more he wrestles. Cause I I've said it a thousand times. I think he's going to be massive money for either like the WWE or AEW or somewhere sometime soon. Um, and he's going to be wrestling a lot because he's, he's a huge guy in a world full of like people who look like a, you know, a ton of, a ton of different shapes and sizes. You're going to get that in, in WWE as well, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's a different aesthetic seeing him and a guy who's like his size going at it versus him in like JCW literally throwing three people through you know through doors and stuff like it's just a, it's a it's a different dynamic um, and one that I'm looking forward to see seeing Josh Bishop in more because uh, like I said he's 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 going to be such money for for one of these major companies and I, I don't know how it has how it hasn't happened yet but it's definitely going to so. Uh, you would think so when it comes to to Josh Bishop because he definitely has the look, he definitely has the the presence. He's a good worker. Uh, we had him on in the weeds last week before uh, before uh, his match uh, before his match against Matt Cardona. He said he was going to wrist, uh, he's going to pull Cardona's heart out of his yeah. chest. And everything. Uh, a great interview with Josh Bishop. Uh, people can check that out. It's up on Fightful Overbooked right now. But yeah, he is a really fun match. Um, and you know, we we will see what the future holds for for Bishop and Cardona. Now we go to your indie spotlight, Stephen Jensen. You were at GCW. 
uh, in Atlanta, and you were also at Battle Slam. Tell us about those experiences. Yes, if you want a little bit more deep dive into that, I was on In the Weeds on Monday morning with Jeremy and Joel uh, talking a little bit about some of my experience there. It was a great time. Shout out to GCW and shout out to Battle Slam. Um, if you watch that GCW show, I'm in a lot of the shots because I'm, if y'all pay attention to the uh, the heel, oh sorry, the yeah the heel entrance ramp for center stage, they do a heel on a face entrance. Um, I'm literally right up on the heel entrance ramp in a like on the floor level. So whenever people are coming out for their matches, I'm in like a lot of their shots right when they're right when they're coming up. Uh, even like like when Blake Christian does this thing in the crowd where he does a thing. I'm right up next to him doing it with him and stuff. Um, so it was, it was so much fun. My friend Ryan, who I brought to the show, um, during the speedball, Mike Bailey and, uh, and, uh, Alex Zane match speedball literally threw Alex Zane on top of my friend and Zane was sitting on his lap and speedball kicked Alex Zane while he was sitting on my friend's lap, which I thought was crazy. Dude had the time of his life in these seats. So like, Shout out GCW. I got some interviews. They're up on Fightful Select. Um, did a group interview. It was one of the most fun interviews I've really ever done. It was really short, but it was a lot of fun. We did a, it was just after the show. I was, I was hanging out with Cole Radrick, just trying to get some audio. And then like Jaden Newman came up. Uh, so we started talking to him. Brian Keith came up. Scott Hensley came up. Carmen Michael came up. We just wanted to do like this big group interview. Got another interview with Teriyaki, which is available on Fightful Select. Um, and the show itself was awesome. So definitely check that out on Fight Plus. Uh, Vikingo versus Commander, seeing that live was was awesome. Real experience. I thought Alex Zane versus Speedball was a fantastic match. Um, I mean, a ton of great stuff. We got to see guys like Bobby Flacco go out and show out you know, in front of the big audience at center stage. Um, Brogan Finley and, and Adam Priest got to go, got to go one-on-one in like a last-minute put-together match because uh, some other stuff fell off the show because of injury. So it was a, yeah, it was a, an awesome show. Brian Keith showed out against, uh, I mean, he always shows out, but him and Tony Deppin had a great, just a banger of a match. Uh, played Christian in, in speedball. I mean, it was a, it was a really, really good show. Got a Nick Gage appearance, got some, got some tubes from Matt Cardona and stuff. It was, it was a good, uh, a really, really great experience. And then Battle Slam, so it was Friday night. Then Battle Slam was on Sunday and, um, it was a little different because Baron Black didn't wrestle, but he was the icon champion. But he's uh, he's coming off of injury right now. He's still he's still trying to get back in the ring. Uh, I have an interview with him, which I don't know if that's up on Select or not yet. I'm not. I, I'm trying to get logged back into Select because all my stuff got logged out recently. But there is audio from Baron Black that should be available. Jeremy's always good about getting some articles up too on the on the website. So and also Larry Lazard, I talked to him briefly and uh, got some quotes from him too. So. There are some battle slam interviews and some quotes um, available for y'all. And that was a great show. Um, I said it on your show uh, on the, in the weeds as well. I want to give a shout out to Hyena Hera. Who's um, she's a female wrestler that I saw at battle slam that I've seen wrestle a few times. Saw her at CDW in Atlanta as well, but I want to give her a shout out because I've watched her go over like the last year or so that they've been doing these battle slam shows. I watched her go from someone who was just there, like helping out and was always the one pulling the ticket stubs and, you know, working the door for the wrestlers. And now she's in the ring having really good matches. So like, you know, I love seeing that progress of people like just really working their way, just trying to be a part of the show and then like getting to be a part of the show and like really thriving and stuff. Um, and there was a lot of great talent. I mean, the main event of battle slam was, uh, was Lee Moriarty versus shoot Taylor. Um, 
a lot of greats. Jay Malachi showed out. Khan looked great. Uh, I mean, there were it was just a really really good show from top to bottom. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would highly recommend uh, uh, Janai Kai uh, getting better and better. Those kicks are, are lethal. Um, so yeah, I mean, just just a great experience. The GCW and at Battle Slam, uh, both shows. Well, GCW is already available on Fight Plus. Battle Slam, I believe, will be on Fight Plus as well because they they had the fight uh, turnbuckles. Um, I just I don't know when that's airing, but um, just keep a lookout for on Battle Slam social media for all that. But you know, shout out as always to Baron Black. Um, you know, I, I always like going to those shows, and this was a different venue too. It was in a uh, it was called I believe it's called New Black Wall Street. It's like a it's like a I, it's like a black owned business mall if that makes sense. So like you go in there and it's like all black owned businesses. And uh, it was really cool. They had like the Negro League baseball jerseys and stuff in there and stuff. It was like really, really cool. All the stuff that was in there. And so the, so the, I, I get into this place and it, so it's a mall and I'm walking around. And I'm like, where's the wrestling? It's like this giant mall and like all these stores. And, um, and I eventually just like walked around to like the back and saw they had like the back of it was just set up. They tarped off like a section and they just had a ring back there, some chairs the concessions were great. They had like great food there. They had, they had hot food. They had, they had like snacks and stuff. So yeah, I had, I had a great time at battle slam, a great time at GCW. And, um, you know, I know you can't really add much to the conversation and I know we're I about to clock in for the shoot job because I know you weren't there, but, um, but I hope, you know, if you check out any well, of GCW it was a really good show and check out battle slam when it drops. Yeah, I watched some of the, some of the GCW show, and and that was uh, fun. And Battle Slam, I saw you posting a lot of photos off of that, and um, no, the the venue looked cool, the, the setup looked cool on that. So, yeah, it was, um, you know, it seemed like you you had a good time. I mean, you got Vikingo and Commander for the fifteenth time ever as well. Yeah, so. see, when it, when it was announced, when they announced that match, it hadn't happened yet. So like. I would, I got super pumped when they announced it on social media and then like it's happened multiple times before I got to see it, but they still, I mean, it was still a cool experience. They did a lot of really cool stuff. So, uh, the interviews you did are up on, on Fightful Select. I've written a couple articles. I'm going to have to do a few more, but the teriyaki interview was, was really good. He seemed really fun and, and great. And I know I mentioned this on Twitter as well. Uh, we, we hope to get him on the spotlight here pretty soon because yeah. I think he's, I think he's a very, he's got a good personality. And yeah. he'll, uh, I'd like to bring that more to light uh, and in a longer form interview, since I know you don't, you have very limited time when it comes to, to that stuff. All right, Jensen, uh, speaking of limited time, let everybody know where they can find you at. Yes, got to clock in for the shoot job. Um, you all can find me on Twitter at fight talk underscore. And uh, you can use code fight talk on independentwrestling.tv. Uh, please listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. It's every Sunday on FightfulSelect.com, covering the world of indie wrestling and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and yeah, enjoy this interview with uh, me, Jeremy, and Jack Cartwheel. Uh, I really, really love this one. Talks a lot about cartwheels. Talks a lot about his background, his athleticism. Also a member of the tribe. Grew up Jewish, just like myself. Really cool. I asked him a little bit about that. He had Mitzvah Mania, who's a part of that. I thought that was a cool event. So we talked about a lot of fun stuff with Jack. Um, really, really nice guy. And uh, I hope y'all enjoy that interview. It was good to see everyone here in the chat. And it was uh, good to see you, Jeremy, as always. And uh, yeah, y'all have a great day. Good weekend. Thank you, as always, Jensen. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the, the draft tonight. Oh, and School Vikings. Let's go. <laughs> enjoy the draft tonight. Here we go. I got to 
change that. Um, all right, everybody, we're going to run our interview with the great Jack Cartwheel. You've seen him on GCW. You've seen him on AEW. Uh, very interesting story. Uh, Jack's entire you know upbringing when it comes to when it comes to athletics and wrestling. Talked about doing gymnastics. Talked about doing football. Um, how he got into wrestling injuries. He kind of battles through and things like that. Uh, and you know, advice from veterans. And, and, you know, appearing in AEW and working GCW and all that good stuff. So Jack was fantastic. Uh, one of the nicest guys as well. I didn't tell the story on air uh, during the interview, but I'll tell it now. I'll actually tell it afterwards. You know what? That's a tease, everybody. I'll tell the story afterwards about the niceness of Jack Cartwheel. Uh, once the interview runs, because I'll tie it into the interview. So Jack Cartwheel, you've seen him on GCW. You've seen him on AEW. He loves cartwheels. Here's Jack Cartwheel. Here we go on the Creator Spotlight. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the spotlight right here on Fightful. I am Steven Jensen, as always, with Jeremy Lambert. And today, our guest is one of the most innovative wrestlers in the entire world in my opinion guy we've been looking forward to having on the show for a long time a guy i got to finally meet in person at gcw um here in atlanta just this past weekend into the light um jack hartwheel is our guest today jack thanks for joining us how you doing man what's up what's up uh i'm doing great how are you guys thank you for having me i mean we, we were talking for a couple of weeks and i'm glad to, to get get to it yeah even thank today you, like my bad about <laughs> it happens we, we we appreciate you making time for us man thank you of course of course uh to kick things off i want to go back to your match a few weeks ago against gringo loco we asked gringo loco about this so i want to get your side of it you do the cartwheel he you he catches you on the shoulders on the apron driver to the outside it went viral Walk us through that spot, how it came together, being able to pull it off in that match. Well, I mean, I was, uh, he was just on the apron. I'm, I'm ready to give him everything I've got, you know. Um, I'm coming in to, to do do the Sasuke, get him, get him good. Um, he's one of the best bases in the world. So I knew that kind of going into it, there, there's a chance he, he, he could get me good or, or everything could go terribly wrong and we'd go right into the, uh, the um gate right there and and we'll both get hurt but whatever happens it, it uh we knew we had to do as much as we could to to really stand out on those shows it's, it's crazy you, you have to do something like that in order to to get any sort of edge you know what i mean so um it, it, was, it was some craziness and and i'm just glad we, we were we got to do it and uh sucks that for me how it ended up but <laughs> but going in with the right intentions we we ended up uh just having a crazy match with with not only just that if you look at the rest of that match it, we were doing some some wild stuff and just that that audience the crowd was so cool in in, in that show and uh yeah so i mean i guess stuff like that is how yeah. how that came to be well you mentioned having to to get an edge you know to stand out and something that you know, obviously makes you stand out amongst your peers and other wrestlers is the cartwheels. Just like the, you know, you are Jack Cartwheel. Where does the love of cartwheels come from and just you incorporating this so much into who you are? Yeah, so um, 
my love of car wheels, I got like I've been doing gymnastics. Sorry, got some low battery. Uh, I've been doing gymnastics since I was uh, like three years old. Like legitimately, one of my first um, like memories where we're inside of the gym and just growing up. That that's what I love to do. And um, I I stopped doing it when I was a sophomore in high school. I had a really bad back injury, but um, coincidentally, like enough that one of the cool like the best moves that I did. Uh, incorporated the cartwheel, like the floor, the vault, the uh, were, were like my two best things. And my the move that I that I did in vault was called a sukahara, and it's essentially a cartwheel over the vault, and then you go into another flip. It looks exactly like a Sasuke special if if the if the table was was in the ring. So, um, and my last name's Cartwright, I guess. So that, okay. <laughs> that helps too, growing I mean, up and, and and that being there as well. That's but um, and and always growing up, I, I wanted I wanted to have like a name in gymnastics. They have a code of of moves that are legitimate that count in the code of gymnastics. And I'm like, I want a name after myself. And there it and the the imaginary move that I made is a lot like a Sasuke special. And um, it's great that I still get to do it. And I love the cartwheels. And I I think every single day, like just doing a cartwheel when, when you're happy, you can do a cartwheel when you're sad, you know, um, there's a lot to it. And, um, I'm just glad I get to do it and people love it. And, um, it, there's it, when, when you're seeing people do cartwheels, you're not thinking of like bad things that are going on in the world. You know, you're like, let's, let's think about cartwheels. Why are we thinking about this terrible thing that just happened to that? We, we can be talking about cartwheels this time. So yes. yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I love that. And there's and so, a lot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, not. this is this is great. So so with with the uh like the gymnastics, what else what else is like your what do you have other athletic background or because obviously the gymnastics heavily um like helped ma like massively with you becoming a professional wrestler with like the athleticism you know involved in the move that you decide to, imp to implement is a super athletic uh, style. What is kind of more fun? Was it mainly gymnastics or did you do other stuff as well? Yeah, yeah. So it was mainly gymnastics for most of the time, but I also uh, was a huge fan of uh, football and my dad was a football player in college. So I grew up playing football as well. I started in sixth grade and um, I also played baseball. I wasn't that good at it. It was fine. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, football is uh a huge part of my life as well and i even still play here here at my university where um uh this was my past year it's it sucks to have it go but um i'm really excited to have the full year to really focus on wrestling and everything and uh but yeah no football is still just a, a huge part as well i still got um got my helmet right here <laughs> right there and uh yeah I, I even had it at a gcw event one time um just it, it taught me a lot of things that uh, I think school wouldn't have taught me or really parenting wouldn't teach me in a different way. And then just sports in general, I think especially football has a, a certain bond with people and a certain um, just kind of no quit that you'd have to do uh, that that wouldn't really apply to me in a lot of ways. I had a really, really um, fortunate upbringing you know what i mean like some nothing would really push me to do anything if i really didn't want to and i feel like sports and football uh would help push me to to try to find some something i, I need to work on and something that uh that pushes me to to just become better you know sure but uh, yeah i guess 
So, so off of gymnastics and then football, how do you get into the world of wrestling? Um, well, after, after I stopped doing gymnastics my sophomore year, I, I really wanted to find something that, that I could really dig my teeth into and that, that incorporates everything that I love to do in, in terms of, in terms of just like performing and athletics and, and just being able to be creative. And it, it's just like a conglomerate of all the things that, that, that I love to do. And it really just came out of nowhere. And I, I was like, you know what? I like, I was at a, um, my friend's house and they were all watching res- WrestleMania. I really didn't even watch wrestling growing up at, at all. And, um, Roman Reigns, it was WrestleMania 33. Roman Reigns was coming down, down the ramp. And I, 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 there was this very profound quote that, um, from a guy that, that I really respected at the time. I mean, he's still cool. I'm not, but he's still a guy. Um, but he's like, you don't want to change, chase a field or you don't want to chase like money or, um, or fame or one thing or like another, but like, if you could chase a feeling, like some type of feeling that could just that, that you can chase something that you can do and and when i saw like roman reigns i guess coming down the ramp like that it just it just i was like that's something i need to like if there's something i could work towards something like a goal that that could be like a feeling that I could chase like i want to do that um so yeah that's that was the origination story what i was like you know what i could, I could try that i could do this it's kind of kind of reminds me a little bit Man. i don't know if you if you know this or not, but you know, AJ Styles like famously wasn't a wrestling fan, was just like super athletic, played baseball and stuff, and then like mm. just kind of got into wrestling kind of as an adult, wasn't wasn't a fan of it, and then went on to become one of the best in-ring overall professional wrestlers ever. So um I think it's interesting just having like that athletic background and just kind of find something that like fits you just fits you you know well nowadays. Something to something to that big, you know, big goals because a lot you can accomplish in the world of wrestling. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I heard it from some fans. It's like just it doesn't matter when you fall in love with wrestling, but like once you're in love, you're you're in love. So, um, thank thank you. I actually didn't know that about AJ Styles, but um, I feel like there's a good amount of wrestlers who are athletes and then they get picked up, you know, and become wrestlers. I mean, that's WWE's whole deal now with the, the NIL deal. They're they're just going after the athletes, and it's it's going for um, the so, NIL so deals. Those. <laughs> my dad would be like hey why is why is, does wwe know that that you're a wrestler and you're a football player and in college and i'm like i i don't know maybe <laughs> so do you think okay so you're you're now big name on the independent scene and then had the nil deal been around you know five years ago or so five ten years ago like would that been the route you would have taken um, if it was there for me, if they were recruiting D3 guys, I don't know if they're recruiting D3 guys, <laughs> um, like for the athletic part. Um, I mean, that, that'd be sweet. I, I, I would definitely take it. I wouldn't say no. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that'd be cool. It, it's something hard, hard to think about. What if, cause I'm like that, that never would have even crossed my mind. Yeah. No, um, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. I was gonna say, yeah, I, I get it. It, it you know, they just started this like after post pandemic kind of stuff. So it's uh, uh, the, the, the window there was yeah. unfortunately there, but look, you're, you're killing it on the independent scene right Thank now. You. So like, how did you get started like training and everything? So you just, you watch WrestleMania 33, you see Roman Reigns, what gets you into, into training and act in the actual ring? Yeah. So um, there's uh, Supreme pro wrestling here in Sac in Sacramento where I'm from. 
and uh, I went to a random show. I, I don't know what. I think there was a girl in my high school who was like wearing a SBW shirt and I asked her and she like explained it to me. And I was like, you know what? That sounds really fun. I went to the show. Like that was the first like actual indie show that I saw. Um, and I'm like, how can I, how can I practice? I found their website. Uh, I went to the venue where they had their shows. Cause that's where I thought that they had the trainings at. And it was like this really sketchy church at like, eight at night because like that's when they have their classes their, their practices and I like have to hop a fence and I'm walking around this like random school like, I don't think this is right I'm like that's where the show was and I'm like trying to get into the building I'm like no this, this is not the right place maybe like a month later I went to their actual practice I, I figured it out with the uh, Sir Samurai and Scoot Robertson that they're, they're my original trainers the, the the goats you know um they uh I the first practice I went to, though, I, I thought it was I thought it was like a hoax. I, I really only saw WWE and then that one indie show. And we had a a um, some practice tag team matches. And I'm watching these matches and I've o I'm really only atoned to WWE. And I'm like this. There's no way these are wrestlers. <laughs> there's no way that this is a real thing that they're going to go from here to the actual I'm like, there's no way this is uh, this, this is like a scam of some sort. So that was that was in uh, July of 2018. Then I played the football season, didn't really touch wrestling again until after it. And then I'm like, now I have my whole senior year from from winter till spring till summer to like find something to do until the next football season runs around where I, I was already um, like not obligated or signed but like I, I already committed to chapman and playing football so i was like let me let me find something to do and i'm like I, I let me let me go back to the um to the practice and then that time it just seemed a lot better it seemed a lot more cool so uh then then i was like you know what let me do it the the that first week when i was um that first week they had a show on sunday and i was one of the security guys and I have a funny story about that, but uh, we don't have to get into it unless. Oh no! You like, oh no! You definitely get into that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, like that very first um, show that that I did for them, um, I was there at the security. This was like after that first week that I like officially was training with them, and um, they had some type of like extreme match, and there was a bunch of uh, stuff on on in the ring. And I had the broom and I came in and I started sweeping. I started sweeping. Everyone starts chanting, sweep, sweep, sweep. And I, this is my first like time in any sort of, in, in this like type of environment. And I was like, dude, what what's going on? I like, they're all like, so I hit a backflip. I, I hit a backflip with the broom. And everyone goes silent. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. You're trying to mess with me right now. I'm just trying to sweep the ring. I'm trying to make fun of you. Sweep, sweep, sweep. Hit a backflip, shut them up for a second. <laughs> so uh, I did that. And then maybe 10 seconds later, we start hearing title shot, title shot, <laughs> title shot for, for me in the ring sweeping. And then, and then I got out. And then, uh, yeah, that was about it. It's the SpongeBob right, it was, that was, that was some, right? <laughs> it's the SpongeBob episode come to life when SpongeBob is he's getting the big reaction sweeping and Squidward can't get any reaction doing everything oh, yeah. that he's out there. <laughs> um, how did the how did the AEW uh, appearance come about oh um it was amazing like i i uh, reached out to to a lot of people I, i've always heard like uh how to get in contact and it, it took a while and then from when we finally got it going on with after football season everything and i was able to to come in and be able to to 
have have some good matches. And I was so really just honored to to have that come around. And um, I don't know, I, it just it just came around. And I was really excited to do it, and we did it. And um, I hope to do it many times again. Of some some opponents, I had some questions about, or just kind of wanted some thoughts about. Yeah, when you when you, when, you, when when you started kind of getting on my radar. I was seeing you wrestle pretty often with guys like Ninja Mac and Dante Leon, um, Dylan McKay, like a lot of these like young guys who are just y'all are just so super innovative and but all very different, but complement each other really well. Can you kind of speak to kind of like this next generation of these just like super individual, unique high flyer, high kind of hybrid wrestlers that kind of y'all are? Yeah, I mean, um, we just do a lot of flips in our wrestling. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how I try to think about it, you know. Um, do y'all try to one-up each other? Is there, like, a competition there of, like, Ninja Mac just did this, so I got to try this, so Dante Leon's got to try that or something like that, you know? I mean, I, I think so. There's always an aspect <laughs> of that. Like, we're, we're trying to – it's like in, in pageants, you know. At first, one per person put on one, one nail. Now everyone's putting on nails. Everyone's putting on makeup. Everyone's putting on plastic. You know, um, how, how, what, what can you do to, to become better? And, and some people have that edge. Some people have a different edge that, that they take advantage of. And they, and that's as, as a wrestler, that's, that's what you got to do. But in terms of, of athletics, it's weird because, you know, you can get over however, however you can. Some people need to get over in, in athletics. And I guess that's, that's where we're at. And, um, I, I don't got an issue with it. I think people love it. I think people are yes. uh, going to continue to love it. And it, it, there, there's a certain danger to it. But I think I think that's just how, how this goes. You know, it's yes. um, and right now we're about to have robots coming in, too. You, you think robots are going to come in doing triple, <laughs> triple, <laughs> triple shooters and matches. But can they tell a story? I don't know. Can I tell a story? I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're doing athletics and 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 taking risks literally the second you you show yourself in front of a crowd because you immediately start doing cartwheels down the entrance ramp, which I mean that I'd be I'm not trying to jinx anything, but I'd be nervous even just getting to the ring doing all those cartwheels. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, as Jack Cartwheel, I got to do cartwheels. It's, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the gimmick. And I mean, that's, that I try to get that, that name, you know, if people can remember my name, that's, that's the biggest win that I could have at a wrestling show. Come out doing cartwheels. They'll remember that name. I hope the got cartwheel on my, on my booty, got cartwheels over my, my, my hips. Um, yeah, so I uh, got come out doing cartwheels. Try to do as many cartwheels in the match as as well. Try to tell a story with that too. Is he gonna hit this one? Is he not gonna hit this one? And, and I at uh, tonight, hopefully, when when I um, go, I, I'm about to go have this gymnastics practice, and I have a couple couple of really cool things I'm working on that definitely incorporate cartwheels, and I hope uh, to to show it soon. You, you mentioned uh, a back injury earlier, which stopped the gymnastics, but then you went on to play, play football. You're now in professional wrestling. A lot of, a lot of back bumping on yeah. that. Like things good with the back. You know what? That's a great question. It's been okay. <laughs> it's been okay. Every now and then though, it was a, it was called spondylysis and it was just the continuous um, backward bending. 
And I think it, it, it had to do with like the L4 and L5 were too close together and they were attracting the sciatic nerve. And, um, but, but it's been okay so far. Every now and then I'll feel like a little something, but I think it's because I have a lot, um, a different flexibility in my hips. My hips are still flexible, but I think the way that they, how flexible they were was almost too flexible with the types of things that I was doing. And, um, yeah, but it's been okay so far. I, I, every now and then, it, it, I'll have a little scare, but we're we're all right. It's the ankles for me, honestly. <laughs> the, the ankles because of because of the cartwheels. A lot of pressure on the ankles with with all the cartwheels. Oh, everything. Yeah, you got you got um, usually Sasuke's, I guess, laying on that floor. Um, all man, you gotta you gotta trust your your competitors sometimes. You know, you gotta gotta flip and get caught. So me and Jeremy like to like to play Booker and like to give people suggestions on their gimmicks and you know their merch and stuff like that. Um, and so my suggestion to you is at some point when you turn heel, which is inevitable, like that you're going to be heel all over the place. It's you're too lovable right now to really hate, but eventually it's going to be easy for you because you stop doing cartwheels. Like that'll be the whole thing. Just tease doing cartwheels and don't do them. <laughs> I'm Jack Cartwheel, but fuck you. I'm not doing cartwheels. Jack Cartheel. Yeah, yeah, Jack, Jack Cartheel. Cartheel. Yes. <laughs> Cartwheel. So there, there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask like, what happens when you when you want to slow down with the cartwheels? Like, just turn heel. <laughs> yeah. No, completely, completely. And uh, I mean, something really attractive and something something that's like could be really fun at some point. But we'll we'll get there. <laughs> yes. Uh. What, what's a good piece of advice from, from any veteran that you've gotten, whether it was at AEW at those shows or in the independent locker room? Um, just say thank you to everyone. Just be, be a really, really good guy. You know, just, uh, you don't know who you'll see again. And you don't know who helps with what, um, just having, having a good attitude. Um, I wish I could give a much more concrete answer, but I, I like legitimately think that that's just one of the best pieces of advice that I could give anyone. And that, that, people have given to me and you, and sometimes it gets, it gets like, uh, just, there's a lot of people, you know, you go, you go around, there's a lot of freaking people, but you, you uh, just be nice, be cool. Well, for what it's worth, when I met you at GCW, after that show, you were very nice to me. So I would, recommend, <laughs> I would recommend everybody who meets Jack Hartwell in person that has the opportunity go shake his hand. Very nice, very nice guy here. Um, Got to change was that a, soon. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, there was, there was an event that I wanted to ask you about that, um, really caught my eye recently. It was called mitzvah mania. And, um, I grew up Jewish. I was bar mitzvah. Um, it's cool seeing Jewish performers out there and like a, a Jewish events and stuff like that. Can you speak, um, to mitzvah mania and your involvement on that show? Yeah, of, of course. I, I mean, I had no clue that, uh, the owner of second wrestling was a rabbi and it, I was just so excited to be a part of it. Uh, Judaism is a huge part of my life and I, I'm going to continue to practice it and continue to to love Judaism and what it brings to to me and, and uh, everyone who follows it. You know, um, it's I got my little star David right here. OK, I'm a little guy right here. There you go. Very <laughs> cool. nice. I wonder if I saw um, my yarmulkes. I still got I still got some some vintage uh, yarmulkes here. Nice. Oh, I got some Lion King ones. Too. I got some Lion King ones, some some Power Rangers. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it was awesome to be a part of it. And, uh, I hope that we continue to do, and there's, uh, one of the first, uh, 
introductions to wrestling I got was I, I went to a private Jewish school growing up, actually. Like I knew I know some Hebrew and whatever, but um I uh we every every year there was a certain theme and we would do projects on it and I, there was uh Jews in sports and I did a report on Goldberg not yes. really fully understanding I, I think I was in second grade but it was so cool and uh I, and to see there was a picture of Goldberg holding that um holding that flyer with me on it and that that was really surreal that that was cool um and he he's still I'll still defend that he's one of my top five wrestlers to this day I defend yeah. I love hearing that. I, I do that all the time. And especially when he was talking about wanting some retirement matches and wanting to do a match in Israel, I was like, that's like, th let him do that. That would be incredible. Like people, because for, for me growing up before Goldberg and wrestling, it was pretty much Barry Horowitz was like the Jewish representation. He was out there jobbing every week with the star of David on his trunk. So I'm just like, we need a winner out there. And Goldberg <laughs> was my guy as a kid. I was like, there's a, there's a Jewish dude out there called oh, yeah. Goldberg doing this. This is incredible. How, how does it feel um, seeing MJF being the champion of AEW? Cause he's out there really representing as well right now. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great that he's a heel too. It's really yes. cool. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, um, don't really see it as a perspective of as a kid or as a child. I'm sure it seems different for, for a little Jewish boy to see MJF, you know, right now I just see MJF as MJF, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love seeing the incorporations of, of Jewish things. They, they have the, the rebar mitzvah. That was awesome. Yeah. That was incredible. Um, yeah. yeah, just to, just to spread some awareness and, and show, uh, some, some of our culture, other places is really cool to see. And it's dope to see, a representation of that and maybe we could do like a hanukkah thing hanukkah match you know yes, i would love that that'd be great uh jack i know we're, we're running out of time here so we're gonna go ahead and make sure we get this one in what's the coolest thing in your room coolest thing in my room great quick oh how how pg is her how you can do anything like, you want. Oh, you can do yeah. everything i mean yeah. this is this is know. so sick i i think okay. that, this, I, <laughs> yeah. i'm glad you asked i love this all right, so I'm a big Star Wars nerd. So I'm a big Star Wars nerd, and um, my my roommate was uh, had got a painting set. So like I made a painting, but like we also wanted to make it kind of cool or edgy. So this is the high ground, but like he Obi Wan is smoking a J. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's fantastic. I love that. So um, it's the high ground. Uh, that's that's probably that's probably that. Very cool. I absolutely love that. Very, very nice. Right. Yes, you can you can get away with anything. Jensen is Jensen he shows off that stuff all the time, right? Right, Jensen? <laughs> For sure. Yes. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> um yeah, um, and before you get out of here, man, just uh some you know wrap it up with just who who do you want to wrestle that you haven't? I mean, there's you know a whole big world of wrestlers out there, a bunch of promotions, and you're still really early on in your career, but obviously super talented. Um, who are some, uh, I guess, some dream matches that you, you know, people haven't gotten to wrestle yet? Absolutely. Right right now, um, I I really want a singles match with Vikingo. You know, he's the AAA champion. Right? I do the majority of my matches in AAA right now. I uh, I, I want I want a shot. I, I really want a shot. Like, and, and, to many people, he's the best luchador in the world. I want to test my my lucha against his. I teamed with him this past weekend, and I can't I can't wait till that comes around because it will. And that that's a dream match, and that's a 
that's something that could happen. And I'm, I'm so stoked about that. Other, other than like that, that could happen. I really want to re- like Dolph Ziggler. He's just my, my number one. That's my guy. He's still wrestling. We're still going. That I just, I, that's, that would be another one. Kode Bushi's another one. I, it's weird that I'm saying these words and understanding that there could be a possibility of it happening, you know? Um, shit. Uh, yeah. It's Kenny Omega, of course. Like, uh, Jungle Boy, John Morrison again. Need to wrestle him again. Uh, it was really cool that I got to, and now that we that we're together, I, it needs to happen again. Um, me, Would you box John Morrison? No, no, <laughs> no. That's so cool for 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 wrestling too. If if he can like, that's so cool that he he's going off and doing that. He got the big win, calling yep. out KSI. I didn't know he beat Logan Paul in the past. KSI yeah. has, yeah, yeah, KSI yeah. has, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Or did. I, did, did John Morrison beat Logan? No, no, no. no. Morrison no. Oh, was okay. his. Yeah. He's only done the the fight against uh, Harley from Epic Meal Time so far. But, okay, but he gotcha, looked very, gotcha. very good that's, in the fight. Very that's that's what fight. I thought. That's what I thought. My roommate was saying something like like he did that. I was like, I don't think that's true. But yeah, no, in <laughs> boxing, probably not. Um, last question I've got is how did you decide on the finishing moves that you do? Because you do like a red arrow, you do a shooting star press. Um. Well, you kind of, it kind of feels like you can do any move in the world, and those are super impressive moves, obviously. Um, why do you choose those moves as your finishers? And do you have anything else, like, in in maybe up your sleeve that you might try in the future? For sure, yeah. I mean, uh, I I always think that, it for me, it's got to be a top rope move. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of moves in wrestling. For, for me, the, it, my finisher, who, who I am and how I wrestle, it's got to be a top rope move. So, I mean... I used to do Phoenix flashes. I, I sprained both of my wrists on one's Phoenix splash, and I said, no more Phoenix flashes. Uh, 450s are fine, but uh, I, I've always had a weird, um, the way that the ring, the way that the ring is with, with the springs on the top rope, it launches you inside. So when I wasn't good at gainers when, when wrestling in, in gymnastics history, but uh, with, with the ropes, like kind of natural push inside the red arrow just gives me is, I think it's the coolest and um, how it, uh, yeah, it's gotta, it's gotta be the coolest and it's gotta be the top notch. It's gotta be the best thing I can do. Um, but we're, we're working on something, right? We're working on something that, that has a lot more cartwheel in incorporated in it. So Ooh. hopefully, I don't know. It depends on tonight. <laughs> okay. Okay. Awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to Thank you to though. That's a really dope that. question. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks. No answer. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Let everybody know where where they can find you at on socials and upcoming events as well. Yeah, so uh, I'm Jack Cartwheel on Instagram, uh, Jack Cartwheel on uh, Twitter, and those are the most those are the things I use the most. Um, please give me a, a follow or something or like. I'm I'm trying to be as active as as I can be. Uh, I should be better at that type of stuff. I, I took a, a graphic uh like marketing class and and it didn't help at all i should be better on twitter and instagram but i'm not um, but yeah please please uh if you can check out over there um i'm coming up to that lucha of a boom next week i'm doing a hood slam coming up soon all the gcw shows triple a tijuana uh there's the triple mania on july 15th that should be the coolest show that i'll that i am going to do very soon like you know what i mean that's that's, that's the stuff right there 
So um, I'm really excited for it. And uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, I hope I plugged that okay. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, links. The links are in the description. Everybody follow Jack on social media and keep up with uh, everything he's got going on. Jack, thank you again for for doing this. We really appreciate it. Good luck, uh, upcoming events, and just in the future in general. And guys, we'll be right back here on the spotlight. We are back. Thank you to Jack Cartwright for joining us uh, for that interview in the creator spotlight. Everybody follow Jack on social media. The links are, are below on, on Twitter. You can check out his Instagram. You can also, uh, if you're a promoter out there looking to get Jack Cartwright, so shoot him an email. Get Jack Cartwright booked. Go to a Cartwright with Jack Cartwright. Go to a Cartwright. Go to a Cartwheel. Why am I saying Cartwright? Do I, am I just, because that was his name. Jack Cartwheel. One day I'll get it together, folks. Jack Cartwheel. Thank you. Uh, Thank you to Jack Cartwheel for joining us. Go to a cartwheel for Jack Cartwheel. I should I should log off. Just log off, Jeremy. Um, I was going to say, as far as niceness goes, he, he very kind with his time. He, he kept calling me sir in the, the DMs that he sent me, which uh, I, is hilarious to me. It made me feel very old. Um, we had, we had a, a time mix-up when it came to, to time zones because time zones should not exist. And... It, he was very apologetic and just just the, very kind in all the exchanges that we had uh, with each other. So yes, he he learned. You know, he was told be kind to everybody, you know, treat everybody well, and he that that carries over just at, not even in the locker room, but just in, in conversations he has with uh, people like me. So shout out to Jack Cartwheel, we appreciate it, guys. Thank you for joining us here today on the show. We will be back next week covering the world of professional wrestling. You can head over to Fightful Overbooked. We got new content daily over there. I do a show Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 10 to noon Eastern with Joel Pearl for some reason. We cover more wrestling, more news. We get uh, get what I like to call experts, interviews, and also independent wrestlers, impact wrestlers. We had Steve Macklin on earlier this week. We we had Phil Lindsay on to talk to the CM Punk situation we had sam adonis on as well that was all this week tomorrow we're talking about the draft and working on a couple things when it comes to guests we'll see how that goes we'll let everybody know when we have all of that nailed down uh also over on fightful overbooked we have new new episode of new japan bread club we have tag talk on mondays we have coexisting on fridays just content daily over there on fightful overbooked sign up to fightful select get all the news from the source not aggregated from the source Time to Fightful Select, only $5, everybody. Not only do you get the news from the great Sean Ross Sapp, you get extra podcasts, including The Weekender with Steven Jensen. Um, Head over to Fightful.com. Just support everything we do. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Take care. We will see you all next week. Goodbye.